Welcome to the Cyphora Film Podcast. I'm Andy Walker and I have with me a group of people who are all responsible for one of the films that I uh, reviewed from the uh, Romford Horror Film Festival. Uh, the film was The Allotment and uh, do you want to introduce yourselves to people? Yeah, I, I'm Alex Churchyard. I'm one of the directors of The Allotment. I'm Michael Holliday. I'm the other director. Phil. I'm Philip Rogers. I play the babyface killer. Uh, I'm Tony um, and I play the uh, the allotmenteer. I don't know. The, the allotment <laughs> I think that the is the technical owner. term for one. Allotmenteer. Yeah. The, the, yeah. the, the marrow grower. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> In our many months of research, we discovered that allotmenteer is actually the uh, correct term. So. Is it? No. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I thought we were like the musketeers, but like allotmenteers. <laughs> it may well be, you never know. Yeah. Um, right. So, um, a bit of background from you all. Where did, where, how did you get to sort of where you are now in the way of making films and things? Uh, do you want to go first, Alex? Yep. Um, well, <laughs> I don't know. Back to 1920. Uh, <laughs> Um, I, I mean, I always wanted to make films and did make films as like a youngster uh, and went to college and did film and went to university and did film and worked as like a video editor. Um, but then Mike and I decided to like get into making more like horror stuff and kind of a bit better than the stuff we used to make. And so we we started to put together <laughs> we started to put together a feature which became something called uh, Ice Cream on the Beach, um, which we took to festivals like last year, didn't we? And um, is now available on uh, Blu-ray. On the Blu-ray, oh, Blu-ray is such I, a weird way. I, <laughs> I like how quickly you got that little plug in. That was great. Yeah, I love that. I love it. <laughs> Introduce yourself. <laughs> Did I mention I have a film on Blu-ray? <laughs> <laughs> Available now. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So me, me and Alex, we met at college. Um, we both like did film courses together. We went to university together. Ended up working as editors together, and that's kind of when we were working together. That's when we started writing the feature, and we spent about on and off about four years, I think, on it. Um, just kind of trying to get this project off the ground and didn't really happen for various reasons and then finally did it um and then we we're all geared sort of came up with a whole bunch of ideas for a sort of second feature and then covid hit um and so a lot of those plans kind of went out the window and so we were sort of in between the two lockdowns and we kind of got together and were thinking like okay let's just do something like there are a lot of restrictions but let's try and just do something creative while we've got the time 
Um, and that's kind of where the allotment came from. It was sort of a little experiment, basically. We sort of wrote it quite quickly, um, shot it in about the course of a day and edited it quite quick as well and, that, and shot it all on a mobile phone. So yeah. it was a very different experience from doing it. It was the polar opposite of doing a feature film, basically. It was quite... Yeah. So how did uh, the, the two of you get involved, Philip and Tony? Um, I got in... How did I get involved? <laughs> That's a pretty good question, uh, and one that one that is eluding me at the moment, and I can't think of the answer. Um, uh, we met you at Horror on Sea, didn't we? We met at Horror on Sea, and then we sort of uh, were chatting um, through that, um, uh, and uh, I and I probably I probably forced myself onto the set. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We just turned up at the allotment one day and told you. Yeah, I just turned up and, and said, I'm not leaving until, you know, I'm in a film. Uh, so, and that, that was me. Uh, <laughs> and that was it. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's the end of my story. Um, I'm, 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 still, I'm still there. <laughs> Waiting for the sequel. What, what sort of stuff have you done before, though? Have you, I mean, have you done... I was, I'll tell you, I'll tell you one, of the, one of the things um, that, that kind of uh, introduced us. So I was in uh, Beyond Fury with um, uh, Giovanni Lombardo, a DJ directed by um, Darren Ward's third in his, in his trilogy. Um, I played a really nasty guy called Travis. And um, in that film was Danny Thompson, uh, you know, really well-known. She calls herself a screen princess, um, yeah. uh, who was in Ice Cream on the Beach. Right. Um, and then I think I think there's there's quite a tight little connection of uh, people, you know, nice little network. Uh, so I think I think that maybe has something to do with it. And I think I think you know when someone sees um, someone's work with someone else, and then you kind of get to know each other a little bit. Um, I, I think I think that that maybe has something to do with it. I don't really know. Um, I just, I just think it's one of those serendipitous uh, things that just, it just happens. And um, uh, I think I was in the right place at the right time. Um, and they, they needed someone who looked like a bit of a geek. <laughs> so who <laughs> <laughs> was happy to walk around, uh, happy to walk around Essex in, um, uh, you know, these strange socks pulled up to their knee in shorts. And, and, and that was me. So. Which one you say? Cause that costume was just Alex's gardening clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've got it on a mannequin in my studio now you know a lot the allotment prop costume so i know it's, it's all good but I, I don't know other than that I, I mean i think it's just that that network of people um for me you know i, I and i think philip obviously knows them uh you know you, you go you, you you crack on philip <laughs> i met for home as well to be honest it was um after their film the rat man of south end I think I've done an interview before them and I thought, sort of sat down um, after their film and I think like, Mark was having a cup of tea and I think I nudged in on them and um, they were discussing ice cream on the beach at that time and I remember they pitched it and said, oh, this is what we're going to do. And from that, I said, I want to be involved in what you do and just literally promote your stuff and sort of mm. put your word out there. And uh, and from that, I've kind of just tagged along and they thought, well, be good as a big fat baby. So we'll see you in our next movie. <laughs> I was I was just going to say to you, is it is it part of your your thing? You don't want to draw too much attention to yourself now that you've become famous for the, for this film uh, by losing a lot of weight. So you're only half the size you were in the film. <laughs> <laughs> well I said in, in the original um, the allotments um I said it's more of a Donna Hansen um sort of role. 
And in Mosaic, I'm going more for Kane Hodder. So that's sort of a slimmer, more muscular. Yeah. It's, it's, all, it's all about the method. It's all about the method. You know, you can go on losing it according to... I should, can I just say really quickly as well that one of the other reasons I was really excited to do it, and I should have mentioned this earlier, was that I saw Ice Cream on the beach and I absolutely loved it. So when the guys asked me to be in it, I mean it was a no-brainer. Um, yeah, it's just great to be a, great to be involved with the with the guys. So uh, I, I must just mention that quickly because um, Ice Cream is a, a brilliant film, uh, really up, right totally up my street. So when you know it, it was great to work with them. So I, that was the other reason I did it. You know, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I was. I mean, one of the things that drew me to the to the allotment, apart from the fact that it it's. I thought it was very well made. It's very well edited. Uh, the acting, I think, was really good. I love the humour in it. Um, the effects were really good. But one of the things that really got me was the fact that it was all shot on, shot on mobile phones. And that, to me, is just incredible. that You could shoot something that looks and works so well just on mobile phones nowadays. It, it's quite incredible. Does it take a lot of different sort of skills to film something on, on mobile phones than it does to use like normal cameras it probably should but it, i don't think it really did for us um so we, we we like the funny thing is like the difference between the allotment and ice cream is the ice cream we shot well, i say proper cameras but we shot it on like dslrs and stuff like that and but we um we deliberately made the film look like an like an 80s vhs tape it's supposed to look really degraded and really like crappy and like someone's watched it a billion times um, so then we've got this other film that we've shot entirely just on a mobile phone and on a gimbal, um, and it looks sort of much glossier and higher production value than the actual feature does, which I thought was quite funny. Um, but yeah, no, literally, we, we were speaking about the idea of possibly doing a feature on a phone in the future, and we hadn't had any experience doing that, so we were like, kind of like, let's let's give it a go. Um, so we got, we got, I can't remember what phone we actually ended up using for it. We shot it all in 4K, I remember that. Samsung, um, Samsung S9. Yeah, Nokia so it was a Nokia 3210. Yeah, Tony's right. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we literally the, the kit for it. We had separate sound, obviously, but the kit was basically just the mobile phone chucked onto a gimbal, and yeah, that was about the extent of it. I, thinking, I mean, think though that I mean, people like Steven Soderbergh have been directing on. I think he directed a feature, didn't he, on an iPhone mm. six? Whenever when it when it when that was when that was you know it's it's amazing you know the the qualities. Yeah, get. the only thing the only problem I have was that. Um, obviously, because it was on a mobile phone, the, the guys kept getting you know text messages every five minutes. So you know, it took us five five weeks to film it. You know, because they obviously had to reply to their text all the time. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, what what amazed me, what I was quite surprised about, is that there, there were um, if you hadn't if you hadn't been told that it was it was done on mobile phones, I don't think you would have known. Watching it in comparison with other films on the festival, I don't think he would have been able to tell. It, it's not, you know, it, it has such a clear and good um, look to it. You know, the colour and everything and, and the lighting looks so good. Uh, and that's, I mean, that's what, what, I, <clears throat> what I wondered about was the, the lighting. I mean, I know a lot of it's outside, so you're using natural light, but do you have to use any kind of different lighting for working with mobile phones as far as when you're doing inside stuff? I think our lighting setup inside was very similar to our sort of standard lighting setup. The outside stuff, I think the only challenge we kind of had, we, we shot it in the middle of summer, so luckily we had a nice clear day, so we didn't have to worry too much about the sort of changing light. 
Um, the one thing we did find though was, I think your, your the phone only gives you so much control over the image and there are different apps that you can get to like actually get a bit more into the features and stuff. I think there's stuff like Fil something called Filmic Pro, um, which you can use to kind of control it a bit more. But we were using, a, a, I'm wrong about this Alex, we used the program that was designed for the gimbal that we were using. That's correct. Yeah, so, but what we found was that the only limitation we had was it would kind of occasionally sort of try and even though we had it all set to sort of manual settings, the phone would try and override that and would change the sort of the exposure setting very slightly. So there was a few times where we had to redo things or be careful about where we were moving it to make sure that didn't happen. Yeah. Um, the, the thing is, as well, is that um, the, the, what, I was see, what I was seeing from it uh, is that um, with, with such basic equipment, it it tends to rely more on the the, the quality of the filmmaker, uh, and the you know, uh, and and they and Alex and Mike could see a great shot, and if, if we might have to, you know we might have had to move slightly to get the light or um, or whatever, but to get the shot and we got it on on the, on the camera, um, yeah. on you know on on the phone, um, and that that's that's a testament to to those guys because. You know, you, you could do it in you could kind of sort it in post or you could work out on a on a you know on a on a better camera, but you know, when you don't have the option, you have to get it right, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and, and 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 they did it, you know. So yeah. I think the thing is as well is it's sort of like the lack of equipment involved in doing that means we were really free to experiment with stuff. Like so if a shot really wasn't working, it, it was no extra effort for us to try it a different way or moving exactly. around. And... Exactly. Yeah. One of the yeah. things of, of digital filming in, in uh, of any kind is the fact that unlike it used to be when you were using proper film, it's you, you have that freedom to redo stuff over and over again without having to worry too much about how much it's costing you to do it. <laughs> you say you say that. I think we're actually slightly going we're slightly going the other way with that now, though. Whereas that was that was definitely true for a while, but now that um sort of like the quality is getting so good the file sizes are getting bigger and bigger and bigger yeah. uh so now we're like we're shooting and we're like oh great we're shooting digital we can shoot as many times as we want but then afterwards you're like oh great now i've got two terabytes worth of footage that i've got to try and find a home for so the okay. co like, it doesn't compare to film obviously but the cost is sort of a pro like coming on the other end instead i must admit i know someone who has a, a platform thing underneath the uh the uh, camera setting where they have a three terabyte uh, standalone hard drive and a battery pack mm. so that they go it automatically saves it to the hard drive <laughs> which uh, seems a bit excessive but i don't know <laughs> i think that's the thing, well the other, i mean the other thing as well is that uh, when you when you have the boundaries when you're just working with i mean I, i'm I'm, I'm i'm kind of guessing a little bit here but when when you have the boundaries of technology like you're working with something like a mobile phone it forces that creativity. Yeah, you know, it forces you to, to be creative uh, and, and, and do maybe do things you might not have thought of otherwise if you had, um, you know, uh, a, a, a 10 grand camera and, yeah. and a lighting crew, you know, et cetera. So, it, which, which I think is really good as well because, you know, it's, that creates that's where the create a lot of the creativity can come from i think sometimes you know instead of just relying on uh i don't know other aspects so you know it's, it's like anything if you have boundaries then if you have boundaries in anything you 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 you're, you're forced to push against them to create something 
you know, yeah. special. So I don't know, that, that's just popped into my head. So. Yeah, no, I, I understand that. So um, did you, I mean, did uh, Michael and Alex, did you write the script and everything? You wrote it, didn't you? Oh, yeah, I, I wrote it. I, I actually, well, in, uh, I'm, I'm currently in the process of getting rid of my allotment, but in, until recently <laughs> I had an allotment. Yeah, I know. The allotment, I know. Um, the allotment. I know. I thought we were going to get like some sort of blue plaque. The allotment was shot <laughs> here, and like, you know, what? I've sort of uh, decided that I just can't manage it with like film stuff. But um, last last year, the allotment was great because of lockdown, and you know, it was one of the few places you could go to, yeah. and because we weren't doing any of the film stuff, obviously I was thinking a lot about it. And, and it just so happened like that I walked to the allotment one day and like kind of just saw a guy that was acting a bit weird and he probably wasn't, but I was just in my head, I was just playing like, oh, if he came after me, what would I do? Would I run home or, and then I was like, oh no, if I went to my allotment, I've got like pickaxes and shit. So I'd defend myself <laughs> there. And, and that's basically how it, how it came about. Um, and then I, you know, probably, probably, you know, and I just thought, well, the setup is that the guy's getting chased, and then the punchline should be that he actually turns turns the tables on the killer, kind of thing. Yeah. So it's just set up and set up and punchline. And so, so was the was was the baby face killer idea? Did that come right from the beginning, or did you just have that? No, no. Originally, it was gonna. Mike has this pig mask, so I wrote it as the. Pig mask killer. A pig mask um, has been appearing in films for ten years now. And then, and then I, I think you said like you weren't one hundred percent sure where it was. And then I sort of mentioned um, like years ago we were at a festival and someone had one of those baby masks and really yeah. like came up behind us and scared the shit out. Sorry, I don't know if I could swear on this. Um, scared us. And uh, and sort of I brought that up, didn't I? And you were like, oh yeah, we should definitely go with that because they are so creepy. Yeah, it was literally, we were just sat there all sitting around having a couple of drinks with some friends and this guy just came up in a massive fur coat with a baby mask and just sort of crouched down next to us. And it was just so unsettling. So yeah, I'm pleased that that random incident could, you know. And you, you, obviously, saw, you obviously saw something in Philip that, was, uh, that fitted that part, <laughs> that part exactly. Yeah, I, we looked at Philip and we thought, oh, he can play a creepy baby. <laughs> And then, and then they thought they'd get a mask. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think Philip, you, I think you originally came to us and said you loved the idea of playing a killer at some point, and we were like, "Yeah, yeah. we could do that." Yeah. Well, it's you know, I think everybody likes to play the bad guy sometimes, don't they? It's, yeah, uh, especially definitely. especially in things like horror and that. It's just it's one of it's the best role really, the bad guys. Yeah, definitely. They're definitely the ones you remember. <laughs> so influences what sort of influences do you guys have in the way of making filmmaking or acting or whatever you people that you kind of uh, grew up watching or uh, whatever and what would like to emulate shall we go first alex now you go first um yeah like we're, i think we're both massive horror fans like we're not we're not we're not doing horror stuff because it's a sort of easy way to get into low budget movie making it's kind of what our passion is 
um and like i've said time and time again like our crossover is like slasher movies we really both like enjoy slasher films and ice cream on the beach was just one giant tribute to 80 slasher movies um and that was just filled with like references that are really popular films and really obscure ones and then the allotment kind of although it hasn't sort of got the same sort of throwback style that that had i think it's probably got a lot of the same sort of influences so yeah a lot of a lot of slasher uh, quite we took a fair bit from like evil dead for i think particularly ice cream um yeah i, I don't know there's, there's probably too many films to really mention off the top of my head <laughs> i know scream was a big one for both of us so from the later films though yeah. yeah yeah definitely like, screams are great i think screams are great yeah i i i i kind of got into horror stuff through scream because i was that kind of age where i mean when not when it came out but probably a couple of years later i got to see it and i kind of went back and saw all the horrors horror films it was referencing um yeah it's a good yeah. it's a gateway drug for horror films isn't it for yeah <laughs> and i think i you know i i like a lot of that sort of like postmodern stuff like Scream and I grew up on like Buffy the Vampire Slayer and things like that. So they were kind of my gateway into like loving film and television and sort of horror. Yeah. Fair enough. What about you two guys with the acting? Did you, were there any particular people that you... Um, well, for me, um, I, I grew up I'm, I'm obviously I'm, I'm about six months older than the other guys <laughs> so <laughs> I'm a bit, maybe a little bit older um uh I grew up watching like the uh Universal Monsters and the Hammer Amicus double bills and stuff on Saturday night and I'd come down in the morning on Sunday and watch them with my mum you know we'd record them so we'd watch the Hammer and Amicus uh Universal stuff like that so I, I I've grown up with all that and um, I live in Whitstable so I'm literally five ten minutes walk away from peter cushing's house right so old house and i'm so you know christopher lee peter cushing i'm a uh, massive fans of um uh but then you know the older you get then you get into sort of then you then you kind of uh get into the european stuff and the other american stuff so you know fulci argento and carpenter and, and you know i i'm like like the guys i'm a massive 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 horror film fan uh right. huge horror film fan so um, I'll watch what I can when I can, you know. And then, and like the guy said, you know, in the nineties, for me, Scream kind of rejuvenated horror, yeah. Uh, because you know there was the Exorcist three, I think, probably around nineteen ninety. Scream, maybe I can't remember, around about the same time, a bit later, maybe. Um, uh, but there hadn't been huge amounts going on, uh, and I think I was at that time as well when I was at university, I was at art college, and you know I had other things going on. Uh, but then when I remember seeing Scream, I was like, wow, this is, I now I remember why I liked horror films, you know? And, and, yeah. and then it just, then it just all came back to me again. Uh, so yeah, any, anything, literally anything, you know, uh, the beyond I'll always, uh, Fulci, I'll always shout as a, as a great film. Yeah. Uh, Beyond's amazing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I, you know, I, I could go on a day with my favorite films, like Wicker Man, Creep Show, whatever, um, Eyes That Face. I don't know, Carnival yeah. of Souls, whatever, you know. So, yeah, I, I'm a big horror film fan. Um, and I, I, I you know, I, I'll, I'll be, if someone asks me to be in a horror film, then I will be in a horror film, you know. Yeah. Easy. It's, okay. nice, it's, it's, it's a no brainer. Uh, for me, I like the slasher villains of the 80s, things like Kane Hodder, sort of Tony Todd, Robert England, those sort of things. 
yeah. just love those characters the way they come out and that's kind of what i liked and mask killer to be honest it's uh you know trying to join the ranks yeah <laughs> <laughs> which is that's which is great because i mean you know to, to play a a masked killer or a killer in a horror film it is is such a cool thing when you're a horror film fan it's like well, yeah where do i go from here you know this is great yeah. you know, it's uh it's like the best the best thing as long as you come back for the sequels that's what matters nice. come back for the sequels always yeah. always <laughs> even if you're dead well, well, I mean, well technically he has <laughs> How, we, i'm sure they can bring you back if you need if need be you know the uh the, the the bamboo cane can be act as a lightning conduit somehow. I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's only a matter of time. Technically, technically, we never see him dead. So, no, no that's right. That's it. There could be some sort of uh, sort of allotment plant hybrid killer come. You know, he could maybe become <laughs> one with the allotment. He was, left, he was left in the sort of potato patch and he comes back yeah. and it's growing off again. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, potato baby. <laughs> potato baby. Baby, baby potato, there you go. <laughs> well, now, you did win an award at the festival, at the Romford Ooh. Festival. Um, I don't know if it's one that they created specially for you. I think they must have done. <laughs> and so they should. The best film, best film shot on a mobile phone, which yeah. <laughs> I don't think there were any others in the festival. But, you know, it's number one in a field of one isn't too bad. No, we, we didn't know. So they announced, uh, so they didn't announce the main awards beforehand. They announced the nominees. But then for the special awards, they announced all the winners before announcing what the awards were. So we knew it was getting an award, but we had no idea what for. So we, we, for all we know, he's going to go collect like Best Baby or something like that. But I thought it might be like Best Film Featuring an Allotment or something. Yeah. <laughs> so, best Film Shot on a Mobile Phone. That, it sounds great on paper at the very least, even if it is the only one. Well, the thing is that nobody nobody who wasn't there knows it's the only one. That's the oh, thing. I've let, I've let the cat out of the back, you know, haven't I? <laughs> but, you, know, you, you can put that up and it, it will still look good on if people don't know. Um, I'm still a bit confused by the fact that I didn't get to see for sale, and for sale got an award that they didn't actually say what it was. Oh, yeah, so I've got no idea what they got an award for at all. <laughs> so I didn't see the film. So. I wonder if they know. I don't know. <laughs> so where do we go from here then, guys? What, what what's your your plans from here on? Well, our our collective plan, because we're all involved in it, I guess, is is uh, a film called Mosaic, which is our second, Mike and I's second feature. Right. But it does also feature Tony and Philip, and Philip is reprising his role of the baby mask killer. Mm. So we have we have already brought him back. All oh, right. And and Tony is playing a, a different character, but still a protagonist antagonist to the baby. And the the line is a bit blurred there, I'd say. Absolutely. Yeah, we sort of um, we did we did uh, yeah. That was that was a lot of fun. We did the allotment, and we kind of said that um, like we basically had like a lot of fun doing it, and it was like really sort of like, as as I say, very different. To, like when we did Ice Cream on the Beach, that was like a huge, huge project, and it took us like the better part of a year to sort of make. Um, so we sort of did this little short film, where we were like, oh, we really enjoyed that. We should do some more of these, and then that kind of walked into this massive, massive feature film that we're now doing called Mosaic. Um, but yeah, it's like, effectively the allotment's kind of been 
I, I guess almost like a concept film for Mosaic because we're bringing back certain characters and yeah. Cool. So when do you reckon that will be out for festivals or whatever? Probably next year. Uh, so we're shooting because basically the, the we'd, one of the reasons why we did an anthology was because of all the constant changes and restrictions and stuff. Things were getting very complicated to plan. So we kind of came up with this idea of doing an anthology so we could segment things a bit more. Right. Um, but what kept happening was we would plan some shoots and then things would change and we'd have to cancel that shoot and then that would mean we'd have to cancel the shoot after that and then the shoot after that and it kept pushing things along so what we've done is really slowed ourselves down and we started shooting basically like a segment a month um so we're about halfway through production but we're going to be shooting up until probably october this year um and then yeah straight into post-production so we're looking at next year for it to be finished okay cool and then it will be at festivals and things like that or yeah yeah, I think that's the plan. We we really like we really enjoy doing the festival stuff this type like, with ice cream and now like the like to a slightly lesser extent allotment. Um, like, unfortunately, because of so many going online last year, we didn't get to go to as many as we wanted to. But it, the ones that they play at, it sort of got a really good reaction. Um, so we kind of well, hopefully we'll be able to do that again, but actually get to more of the festivals ourselves. So you, have you got any other plan? Any plans to make any other short films rather than features? Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, we've got quite a lot of shorts that we've written, haven't we? Um, mm -hmm. There's one that, um, well, I mean, we I would have shot it last year had there not been like COVID, one that's called Meow, and that's going to have a guy in it called um, Martin, I don't know why I forgot his name, Martin W. Payne, who's been in both of our features and worked with him a lot, wow. um, which is about a guy that's obsessed with cats. Uh, don't know where I got that inspiration from. But, um, uh, I don't know, sorry, Mosaic was actually some of those were originally short film ideas we had, weren't they? And they kind of became part of that film. Yeah, I, I mean, Mosaic is kind of a collection of short. I mean, it's an anthology film. Um, there's obviously connective tissue, um, but there's essentially ten shorts and like a story that ties it all together. Um, yeah. A couple of them actually did start life um, as a sh like we just came up with them and wrote them in short films. Like um, there's one called Can't Bear It, which was originally just going to be a short film, wasn't it? And yeah. window uh, shopping was as well. Window shopping as well. Okay. And uh, Philip, you got any plans for doing any more? Have you thought about making films yourself, or have you just are you just interested in doing the acting? Um, at the moment, just the acting. I do have a couple of ideas uh, for scripts, but I've not got down to writing them yet. I'm sort of too busy between other projects. So I've got a few acting roles coming up, so I'm working on them at the moment. So we'll be seeing you in other films and things as well. I'm sorry, you broke up there. Sorry, we'll be seeing you in other films and things as well. Uh, yes, we started a film in the house that Zombies built. Uh, we started filming that uh, last week. Right. And I first had a shoot. I'm in Tony's film up soon which is the witches of the sand and i'm joining sarah handy in his film tales from the great war which we're filming oh. in august i believe all right uh, alex just dropped out the meeting he just sent me a message saying everyone has frozen so i'm guessing he's <laughs> oh right okay uh tony what sort of stuff are you working on uh well obviously mo's got mosaic um I've got a, there's a film called, I did some something for called Toxic Zombie Babes from Outer Space, which is an Australian film. 
Uh, I played a, I did some uh, guerrilla filming in Rochester Cathedral, <laughs> which, which, uh, which was interesting, playing a priest. Uh, and then I get shot in the balls by a 50 foot uh, toxic alien zombie bay. Um, so that, that, that should be, that would be, that would be, that would be what it is. That'd be good fun. Um, our manor, uh, again, the, um, I'm with Danny in, um, a couple of other things well, off the top of my head, uh, then, but then I'm directing and producing and my film, The Witches of the Sands as well, which, uh, Mike and Alex and Phil have all involved in. Right. Uh, so, uh, that's again about, that's probably about 50% done as well. Um, Cool. So yeah, so it, all, it's pretty pretty busy. You've all got projects on the go that it's sort of uh, hopefully in the next year or so we'll be seeing a lot more. Yeah, I think probably there. for me the end and which the sounds probably the end of next year, maybe later. Um, but we'll we'll see we'll see. I know that the uh, the um, what's it, uh, horror on sea uh, festival is becoming hugely popular because I got in touch with them and they said they're already fully booked up for next year and they're taking submissions in February for 2023. Is that because though the, this year's was cancelled so they're still showing the films from this year? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Could be. Yeah, I mean, but, but it is popular. Are, it is really popular, isn't it? Yeah, it does seem to be one of the one of the popular ones. One of the ones. You know, I, I mean, I've been a, I've been a few times, uh, and it's such a lovely place. And I, I went as uh, I, I had a little stall selling DVDs and bits and pieces and some artwork. And um, but it's uh, so that's before I was sort of you know properly involved. Uh, and everyone's so lovely. It's such a lovely uh, festival. Uh, all the indie films and everyone's there just to, to chat and about horror films and their experiences making films and being in films and uh, it's it's just one of the friendliest places, you know. Yeah, that's the connection between us all. We were, we were literally sitting in like we've been going for years and we would be sitting in between films writing our like debut feature and stuff like that. And so yeah, that's how we kind of all met. So are you all from around that sort of uh, that sort of area around the sort of south end ish. Mike and I are from Southend. Right. I'm in Whitstable in Kent, so it's about, what, an hour and a half, maybe? Oh, right. yeah. But not, not far. What about you, Philip? I'm Basildon, so just down the road. Oh, Basildon, yeah. right. Yeah, okay. Um, can I ask you, what did you... I mean, as it was the very first one, what were your impressions of the, the Romford Horror Film Festival? Loved it. Um, we... we, we got to play at their regular festival last year, um, which is how we met Spencer who runs the festival. Um, and he, he loved our film and he loved the allotment and he's just been like massive, massive supporter of us. He's, uh, he's helped us with locations for our new film, all stuff like this. Um, yeah. so when he said they were doing like a standalone horror festival, we were quite excited about that. Um, and yeah, I think for the first one, like they seem to have done a great job with it. Yeah, he's yeah. like he's a massive supporter of like independent film, isn't he? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, great. And I, I, yeah, I love the festival as well. I thought it was really well run, especially considering like the times we're living in as well. I it, yeah, I, th I think they well. did, they did a great job organising it. And then, you know, they had a couple of technical glitches over the weekend. Mm -hmm. But then you get to get that sort of thing no matter what happens. Every yeah. single festival, you always get that. Yeah. Yeah, we've had that at like Fright Fest and things like that. It's just something that happens, isn't it? 
like because you're just they're just showing so many films that they're only showing the one time, aren't they? So you're going to get glitches. Yeah. yeah. But also, there was also a slight timing issue because I didn't actually get out of there until gone midnight on Sunday. <laughs> 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 the last the last film started uh, started just after twelve. I got <laughs> do you have to get up on Monday morning? No, thank you. That's all right. No, that's not that bad. That's okay. I just midnight to... midnight for a horror film. Yeah, that. What more do you want? It's the perfect, <laughs> it's the right perfect right time. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you very much for joining me, guys. It's uh, been really good talking to you. I wish you all the best of luck with the allotment and any further festivals you're at. All the best luck with your future uh, projects that are going on and uh, for next year. And I hope to see you all again soon and uh, see more of your films. Um, and yeah, just uh, you, you, it was a, I really, really, really liked the, the allotment. I thought it was a great film. And uh, I wish you all the best with everything in the future. That's really thank kind. You, thank you so much. Cheers, Andy. Thanks for having, Thanks us, for uh, thank you to uh, everyone for joining us on the Sci-Fi Film Podcast, and uh, we will see you again soon. Thank you. The Sci-Fi Film Podcast. Thank <laughs> you.